Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Well, the breaking news today is the three gentlemen signed by the Edmonton Oilers as free agents. Welcome back, Kyle Brodziak. Drafted by the Oilers, 214th overall in 2003. Started his career here, went on to play for Minnesota and St. Louis with the Blues last year. Wound up with 33 points in 81 games. Played about 13 and a half minutes per game. He was the top ice time forward in terms of penalty killing for St. Louis. Career face-offs, 49.7%. Career best face-off year last season, 52.1 in the circle. Speedster Tobias Reeder is now an Edmonton Oiler. He gets a one-year contract worth $2 million dollars. Drafted by the Oilers, never played for them in 2011. Split last year with Arizona and Los Angeles. Had 25 points in 78 games. He tells you why he picked the Oilers when it came to free agency. Yeah, really excited. Uh, yeah, I got drafted by Edmonton a couple of years back, and uh, I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, I've been there for uh, a couple of camps, and uh, you know, it was uh, uh, it was very nice to be there. So uh, my decision was uh, was pretty easy, obviously with the uh, those high caliber players they have on their roster and uh you know uh, just uh just being in a hockey city uh, made my decision really easy all right tobias reader joined us earlier here on 630 ched you can get the full interview by going to the oilers page on 630 ched.com one of those high caliber players leon dreisaitl who is a fellow german and reader says he's played on teams with dreisaitl in the past you know uh, my relationship with him is uh is really good i actually uh talked to him today for for quite a bit and uh you know we've uh, played together and uh in lots of uh world championships it started with uh, the world junior tournaments and uh then obviously at the uh at the world cup in toronto a couple of years back so you know i've played him with him for quite a while and uh you know i'm excited uh, to be on his team now tobias reader is going to be an interesting one to see how he does as an oiler uh, certainly can be effective as a penalty killer has a lot of speed that's something the oilers are missing and maybe a guy who can move around a little bit in the lineup will he get a chance to play on dry wing because they have a previous connection uh he spoke uh, earlier in that interview about talking to dry earlier today so maybe he's a guy who can slide in or at least compete for a spot on the right wing if you assume that dry will have Lucic on his left side. Kevin Gravel is the other player signed by the Oilers today. Depth defenseman gets a one-year deal. It's a two-way contract. Gravel is 26. He's played 70 games in the National Hockey League, all with the Los Angeles Kings. His contract will uh, count $700,000 against the cap uh, when he plays in the National Hockey League. So that's what the Oilers did today. Talking with Bob, maybe there's a signing as we uh, move along here deeper into the summer. 
perhaps another depth forward, maybe a 14th forward. Uh, on defense, too, should also mention they still have Ryan Stanton under contract. He's, a, I guess, a Gravel-type player in terms of being a AHL-slash-NHL-type tweener. He never wound up playing in the NHL last season, had some injury issues as well. So a little bit more depth on defense, a little bit more experience. Hopefully that serves the Oilers well here as they move along. Any moment, we are expected to hear live from Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. He'll be speaking at Rogers Place about the uh, additions made today by the team. The uh, headline today is that John Tavares leaves the New York Islanders and he goes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, a seven-year contract worth $77 million. So Tavares, Matthews, Marner now on, on the same roster. The Leafs shouldn't have trouble scoring goals, should have a pretty good power play. Here we go. And here he is live is Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. Good. Uh, that's, we'll cut to the chase here just with Tobias Reeder. Uh, just a thought on the one-year deal. Were you a little surprised given some of the money that was going for similar type of players and term lengths that you're able to, uh, to get him on a deal like that and maybe explain the opportunity that you sold to him? Well, he's, uh, he's coming off uh, maybe a, what can be perceived as a uh, average or below average year. Uh, he wasn't qualified. He's a motivated young individual. Um, he's, you know, there's there, the one-year deal. It's a it's a good fit in general. Um, but you know, if he hits it out of the park, uh, we'll be paying for it for next year. But it, it gives him a platform, and uh, he's a fast, quick player. He closes on pucks. Uh, he he kills. He didn't kill much with LA, but he, he he's historically he's a good penalty killer. Um, we're looking for some speed up and down the lineup, and and uh, we were just in contact with him over the course of the shopping period, and you know we just it made sense. Um, we were in on a couple other uh, players, and you have you have to juggle a few balls at the same time, and and we just we acted on that one. So happy to get him. Uh, Peter, not much cap space, so not much of a chance, as you said earlier this week, to be in on the big guys. Uh, against that backdrop, you did get three players today. Are you? Could you define for us, uh, you know, the success of your shopping day today? Your- I, I, I thought it was a pretty productive day. We, we put a lot of time in, uh, as all teams do, in, in advance to prepare and to kind of see where maybe, you know, having the, the, the lesser cap space, you've got to be a little more direct in your strategy. Uh, so you have to be, uh, you have to prepare in a different way, which I thought we did. Um, I thought we added speed. Uh, we added to the PK with him and with Brodziak. We added size with Brodziak and leadership um, and uh, face-offs. Um, you know, fortunate that just walking down here, I guess there's obviously an Edmonton legacy with both of those two players, um, but that didn't re- really mean anything to me other than the fact that they fit some needs that we had and they were they were coming in at a good uh, good time for us as far as cap goes and, and for them as far as opportunity goes. Peter, can you just address um, your right wing in particular? You've got, you signed Raddy, uh, Puli will, will likely be back, Yamamoto's going to have a chance to make the team, but um, how do you feel about what you've got on that right side, say in your top three lines, and if you're comfortable depending on what you have heading into this season, or if you address some of that today, I don't know if, if Reader could potentially... He could play the right side, uh, Ryan. Um, there's not a star player there, if that's what you're alluding to, or like an established an established player. Um, and um, But I'm comfortable going in with the mix of forwards that we have. Um, you know, now that we've kind of shored up our depth, shored up our speed a little bit, 
Um, you know, it, it would be ideal, in an ideal world, it would be good to have a line that has uh, three bona fide um, stars, or for lack of a better word. Um, sometimes it doesn't work that way. There are teams that have had success with, with a two plus one formula over the years. Uh, we did it for a few years in Ottawa. Um, there's other teams you could, I mean, you, know, you guys know the teams. So, um, so sometimes you got to make do with what you have, but there's a level of skill there that we've added to today that we feel can complement lines. There's a level of fit, and we may not, it may take us a little bit of time to find the level of fit. You saw how we finished off. That doesn't necessarily mean that those are the lines. Um, but we're happy with the upgrade in skill level in general. Um, and happy with the upgrade, as I said, on the speed and the PK uh, in general. So, you added a uh, depth defenseman, Peter. Um, you, uh, unless not including Yamamoto, in theory, you could have boards right now. At, is it possible you could still add maybe a, a bottom six forward that would compete for some ice time, and then possibly a, uh, a center for your American Hockey League? Um, possible we could add another forward. Sure. We've we've uh, we we're close on a couple of uh, things today, including a trade. Um, so it's possible that could happen, um, and it could we could possibly add a center at the uh, kind of in the depth position that would be pegged for up and down between here and uh, we've talked to a couple of teams, so a couple of players of, uh, in that regard. So that that we could still add to those minor pieces. So we continue to pick away at that. Where do you think you are right now organizationally? Do you think you've done enough that you can be as good as uh, you were two years ago? I think we've improved our team, and we've improved our team. We've improved our goaltending um, with Koskinen. Uh, I think we've improved our team speed. Um, I think we've improved our, um, our, um, our, our veteran presence, maybe not from two years ago, but we've improved it. Um, uh, I believe we're headed in the right direction here. I don't know how if we're going to be as good as we were two years ago. We're going to be better, um, and to a to a player, maybe not every single player will be better than last year, but I can assure you that a good number of them will be better um, due to their age, their pride, and what they've done in their the course of their career. So um, we've improved our our, uh, our penalty kill. Um, Brodziak, we did some analytics on Brodziak. In with those PK guys that were over 80 minutes and PK time on ice, uh, I call them stick touches. They're sticks in lanes, sticks on pucks in lanes, uh, and block shots. He was ranked 19th amongst the penalty killers in the league. So, and you combine that with his faceoff uh, ability and his and his percentages, historic percentages, we've improved there. So, we're heading in the right direction, and that's that's what we're trying to do. Peter, you made it clear heading into the draft that you were open for business a little bit with that number 10 pick, potentially targeting a defenseman that could move the dial for you. Where are you at in your, your search to potentially help out the blue line? And how did getting Bouchard uh, affect the, the level of need at that position? Are you still talking about potential trade? That, that was the other area of improvement, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, uh, we feel we have a player in, in Bouchard who who will fill that need. Uh, it may not be right away, but he's, he's, a, he's a very heady player. He's got good size. You heard me talk about him at the draft. You saw him. He's, he's, a, he's a very skilled player with a, a level of compete and a level of size and skating that, 
that it, like it's, it's a tremendous fit for us. Now to rely on him to fill that need right away, I have to rely, we have to rely on the other D picking up the slack and see where Evan fits in. He has to make the team, all that stuff. We have to sign him, he has to make the team. But he's, he's, that's the type of player that, that we talk about looking for and hard to find in a trade. You have to draft, so we drafted him. You went into last season relying on some of those same guys. So if Bouchard isn't available this year, is ready this year, you comfortable that an Oscar Clefbaum given extra, you know, opportunity power play minutes? Like you comfortable relying on those guys that you were at the start of last year? What I can tell you, Ryan, is that as of right now, I'm not searching for a high-end offensive defenseman. So, uh, obviously, your cap space is mostly eaten up now. History tells us that there's not a ton of building to be done with your NHL team between now and training camp. The odd trade, but generally speaking, can we look at this team and say that this is, you know, the roster the Oilers go into it next year? And if that's the case, how comfortable are you? Um, well, the second part, I think that was Rob's question. So, um, we're improving our team, Mark, and, and we're, you know, we're, we've improved in those areas I talked about. Um, as a manager, you're never comfortable with your team. Um, to the first part of your question, is this a roster that will be there in the fall? I can't assure you of that. But, I mean, we, we thought we made some good strides today. We thought we drafted well this year. Uh, we may have drafted a player that will come into our lineup. So I, I, could, I can give you that snapshot now. It, it doesn't mean it'll be the same team it is in the fall. It's, it seems like the, kind of the plan is to kind of hope that a lot of the players on the team will have either rebound years or, or breakthrough years. Uh, is that sort of, is that fair to say? And if that's the case, is there, is there a risk in that? Well, we, we've added another goalie, Rob. Um, we've added two or three more players. Maybe two make the team, young players make the team. So there's, there's five new players. If you're talking about the core players uh, expecting to rebound, um, as I said before, like the historical performance of these players should write it. Now, you can't rely solely on them all having uh, dr dramatically improved years, but there will be an improvement. And, I, and it, you just, you know that, is, you've seen it, we've seen it historically, and, and it will happen. How much? That's up to us and the coaches to do it. As far as the roster goes right now, um, we're always looking to improve it and, and who knows what's going to happen between now and, and the start of the season so um, but the moves we've made today I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable for the short term what is that next time I can talk to you guys I guess Peter, are you confident that um, you'll be able to get extensions done for both Nurse and Strom? Are you confident that those are, are on the way? And yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, I, those are those are things that we've we've been picking away at, and we expect them to be done. Good. Good. Thank you. All right, live on 6:30, Chad. That was Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. His remarks as. Well, free agency day isn't over, but it sounds like the Oilers are, are done for the day. Says they might try to add a, a 14th forward here going along. Says they were in on a couple of other things, including a trade that didn't materialize throughout the day. So they signed Brodziak, Reader, and Gravel, specifically Brodziak and Reader to be in the NHL. I think uh, Gravel more likely in the American Hockey League, but Brodziak, he said, brings some size and some leadership. He said both guys will help the penalty kill, and uh, Tobias Reader certainly will help the speed as well. I, w I was really interested in the one comment he made there about Brodziak. 
and uh, this is one of those stats that you're not going to find on NHL.com or, or TSN or anything like that. He said their analytics had Kyle Brodziak 19th in stick touches while shorthanded of all the guys who played basically over a minute a game on the PK. And Brodziak played quite a bit. He played about a minute 45 a game shorthanded. He had him in 19th in stick touches. So that's things like blocked shots, deflected pucks, getting your stick in the lane to tip a pass away uh, and all those kinds of things. Something uh, I've never uh, tracked watching a game, but clearly some teams do as we bring in Bob Stoffer once again from Rogers Place. Uh, breaking down the Peter Shirelli news conference. Uh, Bob, uh, the, the stick touch thing was interesting for me. He talked a little bit about why he felt the roster was going to be better. I, I'm sure a lot of Oilers fans uh, are, are show me, don't tell me, given what they went through last season. But he did say, hey, we added Bouchard, we added a new goalie, a couple of other guys today. So there's four or five new players. Yeah, uh, actually, the thing that I found most interesting was he admitted that you know, they might have something small in terms of a trade. And I wonder whether or not that's a guy like Aberg. Like, maybe they get a different type of guy. Uh, you know, they pick him up. I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, at this stage, you know, I, I totally get the the perspective of the fans saying, you know, how about under promise and see if he can over-deliver. Because last year, and in fairness, it wasn't the Oilers saying, well, we're going to be... I mean, Settle said a couple times, we think we have a good team here, but it never ended up playing like a good team. Um, they didn't deal with the pressure of being a team that was had expectations on them. They got, when you have Connor McDavid on your team, you don't get any freebies from opposition teams. They're always geared up to play against them. Talbot obviously struggled early in the year, got pulled twice in his first four games. Um, so, let's start in goal. You mentioned Koskinen. That's uh, a an area of great uh, debate in Edmonton right now amongst a passionate fan base. This guy hasn't proven it. So, you know, are they getting Tim Thomas? Or are they getting, you know, four or five other guys that have played over in Europe and haven't been able to get it done in the NHL? Time will tell on the Koskinen in front. But that, I do think, should ease the workload for Talbot. I think Talbot would be better. Talbot's playing for a contract. Special teams. Power play can't be much worse. It was 31st to finish the year, and we've talked about this a lot, Reed. Since the NHL has done power play stats over 60 years ago, there's never been a scoring champion on a team with the worst power play, which shows you how good McDavid really was 5-on-5. Five five. Uh, so they got to get the power play going, and they now have two key, uh, key pieces to the PK. And I, that's, that's an interesting bit of analytics that they did there on Brodziak. Um, the one thing that does need to be uh, stated, and you brought it up earlier when we first went on the air, Never been a 52% guy in the face-off circle to last year. But now you've got a couple right-shot options. Strom has to work on that aspect in his game as well. And maybe you sort of redefine himself as a player, as like a Marty Reisner type, as a third-line center. And then Brodzik at this stage in his career would be the fourth-line center. And both those guys would have expectations. Because I do think it's beneficial to have right-shot players in the face-off circle. And so now i got two of them. So... And then Reader, again, we've got, we discussed on Nazium. I mean, he just changes the makeup of the team because of the speed that he brings, and he's another guy that can PK. So I, I, I can see why the team would think that they're, they've got a better team. But as you mentioned, they still got to prove it on the ice. And I find it interesting, Bob, what you said about is the is the trade you referenced, could that involve Pontus Aberg, who, who appears to have, have been pushed 
down the depth chart at best by some of the moves that happened today. We are excited about the addition of his speed at the trade deadline, and he was fast, but there often wasn't a lot that, that came with that, and then he didn't help himself by the uh, the missed practice. Uh, was that in Florida or Tampa Bay? And he wound up Yeah, being... I was in Florida. Yeah, so, and, and, and you know, you talk about Dreisaitl, Aberg was on Dreisaitl's line a little bit. You know, it was a tough year for Leon. He, he didn't seem overly engaged playing with uh, Aberg on his wing. Maybe if he gets a reader with him or a guy with a little more offensive instincts like Yamamoto or Puliyarvi, maybe that gives a little spark to Leon as well. well but I'm just thinking about it right now. There's another guy that makes some sense here for potential move, and that's Cassian. Okay? And that might not be, you know, Aberg is, that doesn't resonate with any of the fans, but Cassian, that might upset a percentage of the fan base. But if he's not going to play as a third-line right wing based on his price point, and if a team was lacking a little bit of jam, and, I mean, the orders are sitting there, and Kara's kind of established himself. You have Lucic. We know he's 95% chance going to be here. You got, uh, obviously, Nurse on defense. Uh, Larson's not an easy guy to play against. I'm just trying to think of who it might have been to change the dynamic around a bit. And so on the low end, in terms of a guy who could still be a prospect and, and maybe there isn't a short-term fit for. That could be Aberg, but on the higher end, you know, what about a guy like Cassian who can skate and brings a physical element potentially to a team that lacks that? Like, would a Carolina be interested in Zach Cassian? I don't know. So um, that's uh, I am just sort of in the back of my mind. I'm trying to think of who you know, Peter might have been sort of hinting to, and you know one thing, he's not going to tell me and he's not going to tell us, but uh, that's something to potentially watch for. I guess, Bob, the next uh, order of business for the Oilers, barring, you know, maybe maybe that, that deal, it didn't. It obviously didn't, didn't happen today, so maybe it won't, and maybe, as you asked, maybe a 14th forward, maybe a center to help with depth a little bit. We're waiting for what's going to happen with Ryan Strom and Darnell Nurse. The Oilers with Basically, seven million uh, left on the cap, just a just a sliver over that. So Darnell Nurse likely to be bridged, we would think, maybe a couple of years. And uh, is is it just another kind of one year show me deal here for Ryan Strom? Well, that's what I would do. I mean, I I don't think you can go two years on Strom unless he commits to two years of three million. Uh, I think three million bucks is fair for a third line center. I think Ryan Strom's better as a center than a right wing. Now I I know he's getting. Uh, I know they were going to check out his eyes. I'm serious about this. I mean, think about it. You're an athlete. You're trying to one-time pucks. So, you know, because uh, Strom can shoot it. But, again, if he's going to go down that Marty Reasoner path, and I think he made some strides late in the year at center, uh, you know, I, I would think maybe a one- or two-year deal at $3 million for him. And I would bridge uh, Darnell Nurse because I don't think he's going to come back and bite you during the bridge. I don't think he's ever going to be a 50- to 55-point defenseman that's going to skyrocket his evaluation. So I would see if I could bridge him if I was the Oilers at, you know, two years at somewhere between, say, 2.8 to $3.2 million per season. Yeah, Nurse is going to be interesting. He had flashes last year, and he had that road trip where he got four goals in five games, got some power play time after that, and didn't quite handle the increased responsibility to the extent that I think they would have liked, but certainly a guy who can still improve here as we move along. Bob, thanks for all your hard work today. I guess I'll see you tomorrow. You're doing Oilers now from noon to 2. I'll have Inside Sports at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great Canada Day, buddy. Hey, hey, bud, you're doing a hit at 1 o'clock tomorrow, okay? Happy to join you. All right, thanks. Bye-bye.
That is Bob Stoffer checking in. Special coverage here of NHL Free Agency Day on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630 Ched. You can get uh, more on what the Oilers did on 630Ched.com. We'll be back for some final thoughts after this break. All right, well, thanks for staying with us this afternoon. Special coverage of Free Agency Day in the NHL here on 6.30. Chet, obviously a focus on the Oilers. Kyle Brodziak is back in Edmonton. Two-year contract. His cap hit $1.15 million per season. Tobias Reeder is back with the Oilers. He never actually played a game for the team. One-year contract, $2 million. And depth defenseman Kevin Gravel is signed as well. He has 70 NHL games under his belt with the Los Angeles Kings. You just heard General Manager Peter Shirelli here on 630. Chad, here was his summary of today. I, I thought it was a pretty productive day. We, we put a lot of time in... Uh, as all teams do in in advance to prepare and to kind of see where maybe you know having the the, the lesser cap space you've got to be a little more direct in your strategy uh, so you have to be uh, you have to prepare in a different way which I thought we did um, I thought we added speed uh, we added to the PK with him and with Brodziak we added size with Brodziak and leadership um, and uh, faceoffs um, you know, fortunate that just walking down here, I guess there's obviously an Edmonton legacy with both of those two players, um, but that didn't re- really mean anything to me other than the fact that they fit some needs that we had and they were they were coming in at a good uh, good time for us as far as cap goes and, and for them as far as opportunity goes. All right, well, certainly they're faster with Tobias Reeder. The penalty kill should get better. The Oilers wound up 26th in the NHL on the PK last season. Most of that harm came from being uh, basically 55% at home for just over the first half of the season. They picked it up after that, but uh, some speed and uh, penalty kill experience coming into the lineup offensively, I mean, Brodziak's going to play on your fourth line. He did have 33 points last season. We'll see what he can chip in. Reeder had 25 points last season. He has had a couple better seasons than that, and maybe he gets a chance to play on the Oilers' second line with fellow German Leon Dreisaitl. He talked about connections they've had playing on other teams uh, together nationally out of Germany and at the World Cup. So uh, that'll be interesting to follow once he gets here for training camp. You can get a full summary of everything that went down by going to 630 Ched.com. And of course, the headline in terms of a league wide level, John Tavares joins the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a seven year contract worth $77 million. Also, James Van Riemsdyk, he leaves Toronto and goes to Philadelphia. Five year deal, $35 million for him. And Derek Ryan, you heard him on the show earlier, former U of A Golden Bear. Pretty good for him. Three years from the Calgary Flames, $9.4 million. Best contract he's ever had as a pro. Brodziak, Reader, Gravel are your newest Oilers. Thanks to Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector for checking in this afternoon. Thanks to your studio producer, Dustin Kaufman. Bob has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have Inside Sports at 6 tomorrow night. And don't forget at 7.30, Jason Moss in studio with Morley Scott, the weekly Eskimos coaches show. The Eskimos now 2-1 and one after beating the BC Lions. My name is Reed Wilkins. Happy Canada Day. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.